We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Thank you to our sponsor, Can Do You. Can Do You helps busy principals create the school culture they've always dreamed of through motivational speeches, engaging videos, and leadership camps that are packaged together for schools that want to see real change. Go to candoyou.us slash Jethro to schedule your call today. And if you sign up before the end of the summer, you'll receive a big, huge TV for your lobby to recognize all the amazing things that your students are doing every single day. That's candoyou, C-A-N-D-O, the letter U, dot U-S slash Jethro. Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. And make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And now, the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am so excited to have Robin Bagley on the interview. She is an amazing educational trailblazer that I talked to a number of years ago about uh, charter school ideas that I had. And she gave me some great advice that I ended up not taking in the charter school route, but definitely have implemented in the schools where I've been a principal since then. Robin, thank you so much for being on the show today. And can you give a little better background and introduction to who you are? Yeah, I will, Jethro. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today and chat with another trailblazer, you being one of those. 
Let me give you a little background. I've been involved in education for well over a decade, and it's run the gamut, starting with policy. So I have been serving as the board chair of Parents for Choice in Education. We're a local education advocacy group here in Utah for really over a decade. And we've been involved in trying to be involved in transformative and innovative policy around school choice and innovation. And down that pathway, I've had the wonderful opportunity to be involved in so many other things because of who I've been able to network with and who I've become involved with. So I've served on the Governor's Education Commission and multiple charter boards, and I had the opportunity to found a charter school with some friends of mine. And that has really been one of the biggest game changers for me because I operated at 30,000 feet. It was a lot of passion. Now, my feet on the ground were as a parent, so I did understand what was going on in our education system and how it was affecting my own children. But my work in policy and other things was really at 30,000 feet. And the job, uh, founding a charter school, I should say, I'm jumping my he- ahead of myself a little bit because I ended up becoming the principal by a strange turn of events, which was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. But I then had feet on the ground, and that gave me a perspective that's extremely valuable that you don't understand unless you actually get to go through that. The challenges that schools face, public schools, the challenges that students face, it's really eye-opening and one of my most cherished experiences. And I've also been able to be involved and networked with a lot of wonderful people in the innovation, in the education innovation world throughout the nation. And currently, I have the wonderful honor of being doing a project with Heather Staker of Ready to Blend. And she is working on a project for Acton Academy that I am able to be involved with. So that's in a nutshell, kind of what I've been involved in over the last decade. Yeah, a a whirlwind nutshell that, you know, raised about 100 questions. And if you've been listening to Transformative Principle, then you know that I've interviewed Heather and I've interviewed Jeff, the founder of Acton Academy, Academy, excuse me, uh, with his wife, Laura. And if you go to transformativeprinciple.org and who do you want to learn from over there on the right, then you can type in both of their names and you can get all the uh, the interviews I've done with them. And they both are very, very inspiring. And so I want to get to them in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about the lessons you learned from going from a policy approach to a ground floor approach, because I think that idea is absolutely fascinating. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about the things you learned by making that transition to from 30,000 feet down to building the airplane as it flies. Right. So being involved in policy, the idea there, especially with the organization that I chair, is that we try to empower parents and students with options and with accountability for the school system and with innovation, taking us into the 21st century to provide more personalized pathways for their students. So that's what we did in the policy arena. And I think that we were able to bring about a lot of exciting change through that, for instance, through charters. And we also allowed higher education to authorize charters. And we passed a a law called the statewide online education program that brought digital learning to the forefront and more options for students with online learning Uh, and some accountability measures that we've also been involved in to make sure that parents know how how their schools are doing and that 
information that's gathered on their students about attendance and grades and teachers and all of that could be more accessible to them as well. So things like this, I believe, were helpful. But what and what I learned when I go back to seeing the whole being 30,000 feet in the air and then feet on the ground is that while policy is very important and it opens doors and opportunities and brings about change, your perspective from there is a lot more sweeping. And you don't really understand the challenges that our public schools are facing, that our teachers are facing, that parents and students are facing. And you try to do things in this broad picture. And sometimes that doesn't always work out as well as, as you'd hoped or liked, or you don't understand the unintended consequences. So when I had an opportunity to first actually write a charter and submit it for authorization, and you start to see the difficulty in that. I know you and I have talked about that and there's so many I's to dot and T's to cross that seem ridiculous. And all you're trying to do is make new options for students. But really the eye opener came when I became the principal. And then you understand how desperate parents are for options that meet the needs of their students and the lengths that they'll go to, the trust that they actually put in trying to find that option. You also see the challenges that schools face all public schools, whether they're a charter or a traditional, there are so much bureaucracy and uh, things that hoops you have to jump through and things you have to complete and satisfy for the state office of education. And, you know, there's a lot of silliness out there that takes away uh, your focus on the kids. It's really hard to take care of all of that business and then really put your energy where it should be on the students. And then to see the challenges that kids face. Uh, which run the gamut. It really helps you understand how complex things have become in our public education system. And and we were talking about uh, Jeff Sandifer and Heather a little bit there in Acton Academy. And then you see what happens when you <laughs> remove all those restrictions and you're able to actually serve the student with 100% focus. I just learned what a challenge it is, but that it can be done. I also believe that it can be done with transformative change, that you can figure out how to personalize learning and empower students over their pathway and make parents full partners and change the education system to better serve our students. Yeah, you know, that was one of the really interesting things when I talked with Jeff is he was very clear that he's not trying to reform education. He's just trying to provide an opportunity for certain parents. And my response was, well, I am trying to reform education and I'm really trying to do it from the inside. And and that to me, that's what I feel like I, I need to be doing because it's not very easy and not a lot of people really want to take on that work, you know, and, and I feel like if I can make a difference in the public school system for some kids, then I'm going to really bless their lives and help them to have a better experience. And yet I struggle so much every day in making those changes because like you said, there's a lot of silliness out there that takes away our focus. And that is just so true. So can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges specifically that you saw when you were at the ground floor that maybe some of those unintended consequences from your policy perspective first, and then what they look like when you're on the ground floor? Yeah, I think a lot of the compliance issues and just the mindset of a system that we've created that's been that's had a lot of inertia and no desire to change. And so you're doing a lot of 
administrative and clerical work and all of those types of things to satisfy reporting and other things. I think that's one of the most difficult things is we still think that a school system should look uh, like it did, you know, when I was in school, which was a long time ago, and when my parents were even in school. So reporting on attendance, you know, butts and seats, so important, and class schedules, and making sure that you have all of that information in the system, and you're updating it constantly. And um, you're having to comply with laws that tell you that kids have to have a certain number of hours in attendance, and they can take a certain number of classes, you know, at this time and this way, and you've got to input terms and semesters. And so to give you an idea, we were a blended learning school, and we're a flex model. So it's called Career Path High. It's an early college high school. And when I say blended flex model, that means that the students had a lot of control over time, place, path, and pace. And they were required to come into the school for a couple of particular things. We had a learning center. So when they wanted face-to-face assistance, because they could get help with the teacher anywhere, anytime, within, within parameters on the time, but they could be anywhere located. So they would come in when they wanted face-to-face. They would come in for the cross-curricular or uh, project-based learning that we had so that they could collaborate with their team and their students, or they would come in for their college programs because we're partnered with an applied technology college. And so we were trying to balance what the law required of us on reporting attendance and even pacing and completion of courses. So our students weren't required to finish their course until the end of the year. Now, most of them were finishing them in a timely manner, but we were competency-based. So the students moved at their pace. Some kids were ahead and some literally may have started a class in September that they didn't finish until May. So we were in conflict somewhat with what was required for us to report versus what our students were doing. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, absolutely. I totally understand that. So that's the type of thing that we were facing is that we were not operating like a traditional school. And then, you know, also figuring out I was awarding elective credits for my students in their college programs. And so we were doing some really creative things, but it also took some finesse to figure out how to work it into a system that is really one size fits all and looks one way. And we didn't look anything like it. Yeah, that is the challenge because the system is designed to be one size fits all. So I I totally get that idea of balancing what the law requires and doing what is actually good for kids and experience that in, I mean, I experience that in every school I go to because the laws are not really, or the policies even are not really set up to do what's right by the kids. They're set up to make school easier for the adults. And so from a most of my listeners are principals or aspiring principals or superintendents. What is it that you want those that are in the trenches to know and understand about the 30,000 foot view that they probably didn't or don't understand? Um, in terms, be a little more specific with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's that's a so big question. <laughs> so I'm talking about like the day to day operations and what leaders are doing in their schools every day, what is it that they need to understand about the bigger processes? Like, for example, our state associations are very regularly 
saying get involved in the politics and the policies that are being adopted with the state legislature and things like that. Is that that important for everybody to be involved in or or what insight do you have on something like that? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, anyone who wanted to be involved in that, I would encourage them to. That's hard for me to say not to be involved because I've devoted so much of my time to that. But on the on the other hand, I'd say stay informed. At the same time, the best thing that you can do as a school administrator is figure out how to serve, serve those kids and meet their needs. Um, when you start to run into barriers or problems, be vocal, especially to your local elected officials and, and anyone else in state board members and anyone else you think can have an impact. But at the same time, uh, you can figure out a lot of ways to still deliver that type of education you're desiring to give those students through through the system in place. It, it just it takes a lot of effort and energy, but it's very much worth it. I would just say focus your time on what's most important because you can do it. You can accomplish that personalized learning with all the tools that we have, you know, forge ahead and do what you can. Now, now it's kind of, it's probably not entirely fair for me to say that because I was doing it from a charter perspective and a charter is an independent, you know, just like a district, they operate independently. If you're that principal that's part of a district, the level right above you is the best way to get involved, start there and then move, move up as necessary. But you've got to get the support of your district and be involved in helping your district to be more innovative and more flexible so that you can do the job that you want to as an administrator. Yeah, that, that Robin, I think is really key. And that has been what has really helped me personally, as I've tried to move things is making sure that my assistant superintendent that I report to is aware of what I'm doing and knows what's going on and hears the good things and sees things that are happening. And for me personally, that that's also difficult because I, I take your advice, which is to, to focus on what really matters, which is the kids in my school. And I don't like to get involved in what's going on at central office, but I need to make sure that that person that I'm reporting to and the people on her level are very much aware of what I'm doing for this change to happen. And honestly, Robin, there's been a few times where I haven't done that and they get surprised. Nobody likes getting surprised. And so they have a hard time uh, supporting me in some of the things that I'm doing because I'm not keeping them in the loop when just keeping them in the loop is a is a fairly simple thing to do that really pays a lot of dividends going down the pike. So yeah, I, I'd agree with that, you know, and I would also say that I have witnessed so many change agents out there who are just like you, even teachers uh, who are able to influence a district's decisions on how they move forward, but definitely principals. And you watch these groups that come to Heather Staker's training and you see what's happening across the country. And many times it's a group of teachers and a principal who've ultimately been the change agents for a district. So what you said is absolutely correct, is keep them in the loop and work closely with them. And it just may be that they rely on you to help bring forward some change within the district. Yeah, that is that is absolutely the case. And part of what brought me up here to Fairbanks, where I'm at now, is the personalized learning approach that the district has taken. And they they put their emphasis on that. And I just feel fortunate that 
instead of being in a district where my superintendent has always been like, whoa, slow down, slow down, slow down. My superintendent is now saying to everybody, go and do the personalized learning and make it relevant and appropriate for the kids in front of you. And so for so much of my career, I've had to like fight to be able to do that. Now I have somebody who's telling me to do that. I mean, that's glorious. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's great. And I another thing for education to catch up to what's going on in our economy and in the workforce, utilizing technology and figuring out how to help students collaborate and utilizing blended and all of those types of things requires a lot of collaboration. So in the past, you've seen a lot of top-down dictation, right? And it's very hard for those below to force change from down there up above. But what we're seeing as schools and districts embrace new methods of learning across the country is that collaboration is key. So how wonderful for you to have a district that's embracing this and telling all of you to move forward with this. And I hope very much, and this would be my advice to anyone listening, that in those situations, you're collaborating with the other principals and the other people in your district because a sharing of ideas and a collaboration is what's necessary. And it's a new shift that we need to see both in districts and in individual schools. No more traditional professional development, no more top-down mandates, but rather collaboration and groupthink in creating a culture where everyone's input is important and everyone is on the same team and excited to be iterating and changing and working together and figuring out the right processes and ways to do things to meet the needs of your students. Yeah, absolutely. That That is so powerful. And that sharing of ideas and that collaboration just makes a huge difference. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.